Welcome to episode number 35. How's everyone doing? Take black. Happy freaking Friday, guys. How's everyone doing? Good. I love that everyone's consistent with the Take Flight merchandise, either the hoodie or the hat or both. I like it. Respect the brand, guys. How are you doing, Dan? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. So that, you're uh, here with... what, what kind of HD you got going on there, man? Huh? What? Say again? <laughs> good. It's a little no, 4K is... going on. No, 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 this is just my, this is, you know, when you're happy, you're glowing, you've had a good summer. This is what, this is what it looks like. <laughs> Yo, P, now that we've got visuals, you're going to see certain men stepping up the game. Daniel looks like he's got a fresh trim. Is that Daniel fresh has kind of hair. I noticed it's this. I was like, I see you. I see you. I see you. She was as well. No, 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 no haircut. Okay, I thought you had a little skin fade. No, I did, I did, I did. Daniel, you can't talk though because you change, you change your whole background. Yeah, you've changed room. Plant in the background. You see the plant in the background? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it looks like it hasn't been watered for two weeks. <laughs> I think it's good now that we have these videos, we can actually connect a bit better, hopefully, with our listeners and everyone can see when we're talking and who's saying what, so it's a good thing. And everyone has to step their game up now. No more hiding behind a microphone. People are going to see your face. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you're here with myself, Olu, Shual, Pabilo, and Daniel. So on this week's episode, a listener asks us to talk about the struggles of being laid off. So if you've ever been involved in a restructuring, um, she's going through that process. And she just wanted to understand if any of us have experienced that, what are some of the advices or advice that we might have for her and all our listeners. So, and then the book review will be taken by myself. So stay tuned and let's get started. So how many of you guys have experienced or been impacted by a restructuring? been impacted by restructuring but not oh actually i'll start uh my department had a restructure end of or was announced end of april or about mm. mid, mid april and it was effective first week of may just after the bank holiday i believe um and i was thought i kept my same direct line manager i had a new manager but who i knew was who was within the department who was uh, within the department however the, the kind of team I was in is like a specialist kind of role, which um, specialises in asset classes. So fixed income, FX, derivatives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so my role, so it's a team of, I think there were five of us, and we all kind of moved different teams. So three stayed with uh, the current manager. I moved outside of that team, and another person moved outside to a newly formed team. But I kept my same line manager, so I had that. But the people I'm now in a team with, I know I, I know them. You know, we've worked together because we don't sit. Mm. I only move like a matter of steps away from my to my new desk when we had our desk move. But my role so, somewhat changed, and that was the only impact I had. And um, this was communicated to me, you know, one on one. I was told that well, told about the email. Sorry, the email went up around the department that there's going to be a restructure. Then my line manager came to me and we sat down and spoke about what the impact would be for me and my role. Okay, but when you first received that email, what were you thinking? Were you sweating? Like, because no, I guess no, no. prior to that email, because I've received that email as well, where there's there's going to be yeah. a restructuring. HR, your manager is going to get um, in contact with you. But when you first re received that email, how are you feeling? 
it's fine because the 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 restructure doesn't you're not your 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 job is not impacted it's not like you're being let go or mm. you're making cutbacks it's just to say there's an organizational update there's an organizational change and it's usually at management level where they're going to move managers around um, oh, okay. to to different roles and then how it worked with us i think there were four, like five different sub departments and two of them were new Mm. So there were two new managers coming in and then people then being moved around. So it was more of a case of where am I going to fit in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My new manager. So that was the only impact. And for me was, you know, how is my role going to change? Mm-hmm. When I had the conversation, it wasn't so clear at the start of how it was going to change. Mm-mm. But over days and weeks, it would kind of map out and plan out how it would be. So at that time, my, my manager said, just is BAU, just continue doing what you're doing. And as time goes on, we'll scope out what that what, what your role is going to entail. Got it, got it. Uh, how, Oli, because you mentioned you, you were on the receiving end of that type of notification. How what was the context in your case? So in the context, it was just more the organization wanted to become more lean, yeah. which is always their favorite word for yeah. his time. But um, luckily, when that first email came out, I wasn't mm. impacted because I was more on um, the corporate audit. So I was a consultant sort of role. So I wasn't mm-hmm. impacted. But I've experienced sort of the pressures of thinking that you're about to get laid off or mm-hmm. yeah, you've got to consider, okay, what's next. Um, so I can share my story quickly, but so I think it was two years ago, I moved back to London and during that period of time, I was searching and looking for a role in the UK. So mm-hmm. after I graduated my, the corporate program, most of the time, oh, what happens is you move back into the business but you've got to apply for roles. Mm-hmm. But when we first sort of signed up for this corporate program, you're told you're special. You're told, <laughs> when you, like it's true, like you're told you're to, you get to live on the corporate expense. Um, yeah. You work long hours, but they treat you like you're special. Um, yeah. They tell you when you finish, don't worry, we're going to get you a really good job. You know, some people mm-hmm. graduate and become CFOs of a small business. Some people will be execs, depending on how long you stay on this program. Um, this is when you started the program, they're saying. This. Yeah, at the beginning of the, at the okay. yeah, they're telling you all of these things. And yeah. you're seeing some people actually do that, roll off and get those sort of roles. Okay. But then the company went through a tough period of time. Um, mm-hmm. Poor financial results, selling off multiple companies within the organization. Um, and our share prices just dropped ridiculous so when it was time for me to graduate we were in a totally different environment wait wait do you want, do you want to just explain what the graduation within uh, the company meant for those who don't know what do you mean what did it like, what do you mean when, when you use the term graduate so when you graduate you, yeah. you finish you have like a ceremony where they say thank you for your service the time that you've been a consultant and then you basically roll back into the business. So you go back okay. into the business as just like a CFO or finance manager in a particular business. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I rolled off, I made a decision that I wanted to move back to London to be closer mm-hmm. to family and friends. And most of the businesses in London were sold. So there just wasn't anything available that I wanted mm-hmm. to do. And also to the, to the caliber that you feel like, okay, this is what I was promised. You feel a little entitled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started looking for roles, looking for jobs, and I just wasn't finding anything that I wanted. So then you start saying, yo, is it something to do with me? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Then after a few, like a couple of months, HR sends you a letter like, hey, let's catch up. <laughs> and you're like a letter or email or both right, email so, so you get <laughs> to your house yeah i was gonna say that, a letter but by the time you receive that you already had that discussion so you're like let's catch up yeah. and you're yeah. like okay cool let me walk in hey how's it going hey they're like hey how's the job hunt going and you're like yo there's just nothing around um and then they try to give you other options like do you want to go to paris do you want to go to this place and you're like no i want to stay in london oh, not paris not after the, not after your story from the last episode exactly <laughs> two, you're, two like, episodes <laughs> you're like i want to stay i want to stay in um in london so then all of a sudden the conversation starts to change to hey if you don't find a job in one month we're gonna have to start talking about um severance this is this is all in the same conversation all in the same conversation all right cool um so you're like, severance? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean about severance? <laughs> so they, they add the pressure and everything, which yeah. you understand, like, I can't be just getting paid from the company and not working per se. So we go through that process. You're obviously now worrying about, am I going to find a job? Mm. Should I start looking outside of the organization? How did I let myself get into this position? Why am I not using the networks and the relationships I've built over the time? Mm -hmm. um, anyways, weeks go by and it gets more intense. So now they're giving you like your review and like documentation <laughs> with like a dollar amount saying, hey, if you don't find a job now in two weeks, this is how much you're going to get. And, and By the uh, way, Ken, just one quick question. Uh, uh, when, you're, when you're in that situation... Yeah. Are there other people of your cohort that are going through the same thing? Yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. So everyone's yeah. going through at the same time? Yeah, there's some people that found roles. There's some people okay. that settled. Some people okay. would have settled to say, ah, I'm just going to take anything. Okay. Some people found really good roles because of the location they were in and the mm -hmm. timing and everything. Um, and then some people were in my situation where it was like, this is the number we're going to give you. And then you look <laughs> at the number, you're like... <laughs> I thought I'd get a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, you could get like legal counseling and all of that stuff. Yeah. And you're like, you go online, you check how much it should be. And you're like, oh, wait, that is actually how they calculate it. <laughs> well, I, I, I have a question though, because yeah. I, I know we've, we've kind of spoken about it before, but yeah. how are you feeling in these instances when you're having these conversations? Because yeah. of course you're kind of bat battling the clock and you're trying to find yeah. something because, you know, right now you're looking for something internal. Yeah, yeah. So how did you feel? And you I know got, we spoke about it. You got, you got to roll with the punches and be like, yeah, but, but it's, there, no, there is also this like human feel, element. There's a human element where you, I think, and this also happened when I had that car accident at the same time. So all of this will happen. Remember that episode where we're talking about yeah. oh, and going for a long time? Yeah. September 2017, then. Yeah, so this was all happening at the same time. So you're yeah. going through like life issues, problems. Yeah. career and everything where you felt like you've made the right decisions in all your career choices and you're like yeah. i shouldn't be in this position <laughs> <laughs> you actually there's elements of it that you feel like i shouldn't be in this position yeah. um and then you so but you also have to say okay i can't just sit around i've got to apply for jobs use my network more keep it moving more flexible so yeah i was at this time i was getting offers from atlanta Paris and I was just like I really want to be in the UK mm. so and then there's elements of it that you've got to just stick with your guns and say no I want to be in the UK for x reasons um mm -hmm. and then thankfully I was able to find 
a role that was good in the UK um, as a finance manager um, mm. for a few of the functions in corporate. Mm. So I was able to do that. And then thankfully we stopped the process of going through the restructuring and having to take the check-in, keep it moving. Mm. Yeah. So when was that? You said it was around two years ago yeah, today, around like this eight, month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's around two years ago from this. Wait, I remember yeah, I went, that that um that car event was the 29th of September, 27th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. My mom's birthday. My mom and brother's birthday. <laughs> so how how so how I probably the last question and then maybe we can uh, hear P side. How you know once you were in the process of okay, so two weeks from now, if you were to exit, this is the number. Yeah. And you were kind of scrambling and looking and searching and you were saying you had to make an adjustment. Yeah. Um did you get the the next role before the final cutoff date? Or yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I didn't okay. get it. I wish I'd got the check in. Like, we'll talk about that. Like, there's elements of it where restructuring. I would say restructuring is not bad if you've got something lined up afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've saved enough emergency funds to say, you know what, I'm good. Yeah. Or if you get that check and then you find another company that hires you a month down the line, you're yeah. laughing. If you're like, very good. <laughs> You're laughing. There's some people that went through restructurings in our company when we restructured our capital business yeah. who received a massive paycheck and then HSBC hired them a few weeks later and you put down a deposit <laughs> on a house. You, you can yeah. you do quite a lot of things in those situations. But mm -hmm. then there's a bad side of you going through a restructuring and you not being attractive enough to get a job outside. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you've got all these expenses and you don't adjust your expenses. And then all of a sudden that's, the time. That's, that's why it's so imperative that you l learn new skills whilst you're working. Always make yourself self-attractive. Mm, yeah, yeah. you're, you're like never indispensable and they can get rid of you anytime, whether it's to replace you or just mm. to get rid of you and your role. Yeah. And you need to be using your current, never get comfortable, always learn new skills. Yeah, 100%. Something like coding or something small on the side that you can adapt yeah. to a new role because in this day and age, Computers are doing a lot of the work. We need yeah. to make ourselves better than th those who are out there already. Exactly, exactly. What about Shua P? Do you guys? I want to hear P. I want to hear P. Yeah. P's been very quiet, so I want to hear P. Yeah, no, it's it's because I mean, you guys have raised uh, so many interesting points, and I'm and I'm really thinking about uh, people that are listening that are perhaps haven't yet gone through a restructuring because it's only a matter of time as to when they will, um, and those who are actually facing that situation now. So I've been, I've let's say I've faced. Uh, restructuring destiny twice in my in my career so far twice and, and i think the first yeah, yeah yeah twice i think the first thing to say is that people should sort of separate and distinguish it's not you being this restructured it's your role that's being restructured because i think the way that the business sees it and the companies it's just numbers right so mm -hmm. it's not personal and a lot of the times it's the cycles that they go through so i think olu novartis is pretty much similar to, to sort of ge when they've decided to make uh, to introduce restructuring plans, it's usually because they want to obviously increase productivity, um, sort of generate more savings. So when you when you take a step back as an in, as an associate and think, hang on, if I was owning this business, I'd probably do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it and you're at the receiving end, it becomes very sort of you feel very like it's like a personal attack. Um, what I was considered a talent, I'm no longer a talent. And they were saying all these mm -hmm. nice things when I first started. But all of a sudden now I'm not necessarily wanted. So there is an emo emotional roller coaster that goes um that goes with it. But I think the one of the learnings I have is one, um separate from the fact that it's it's really not personal, it's it's really just a numbers yeah. game. And the other thing also is for me, I'm in a space now where I expect it every 18 to 24 months, 
is something which will either come somewhere near my team or perhaps even my role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but no, the, f the first role for me, actually, so I was by this point probably like two years in Switzerland. And then sometimes you might have a manager that's quite nice to you and on your side. And he actually kind of gave me the heads up about six months before they started really making it formal. And he said to me, look, we're having discussions at certain leadership positions and most likely uh, there'll be a number of roles that will be restructured. So when I first heard it, I thought to myself, all right. I didn't really know what it meant. I was just, it was the first time I said, right, like, like, appreciate you telling me. Like, because I'm thinking, because you're thinking, because you're thinking I will be supported every step of my, my journey. So if you restructure, you're going to also find me a role. Mm. Um, so then what they basically did is they basically moved a lot of the finance analytical roles to India, where it's a lot cheaper per head. And um, so when it got nearer towards that restructuring, I basically found myself in a position where I didn't want to come back to the UK. So now I was actually quite like, like sort of getting sort of nervous about this whole sort of dream was coming to an end. I'd everybody back home was sort of saying, your peace do this thing over in Switzerland, but it feels like it's coming to an end now. So mm. I basically just started networking ridiculously every single day. Um, and then through that, another opportunity came up in audit. So to your point, Olu, is that, a lot of the times restructuring can also bring a lot of opportunities. It just really depends on the individual and how you see it. Mm -mm. Um, the second one was probably not so nice because... You didn't get reason, the headset, so. uh, No, actually, what was interesting with this one, because, because if, you've been in, if you've been in business long enough, you know that the... Com if, if you're not going through restructuring, someone that you know or knows is going through one. Yeah. So you know it's actually, it's actually part of the business. So mm -hmm. I actually went into this role knowing that once they change the sort of leadership head, most likely they're going to sort of review the roles and then do some sort of restructuring. So I knew that going into the role, mm -hmm. just through discussions and rooms. So I went into it, but still, even when you know, it's different to knowing and actually having to go through it. While this one was a pretty much tough is because the entire year was pretty much a hard year. Uh, like I remember at some points I was having like panic attacks because the work was just crazy. So you're mm. going through all of that. You're putting in all that work only to be in a position where I had to myself cancel out my name when it came to planning <laughs> for the next year's budget. Imagine being yeah. told, Olu, I need you to plan the people for next year and I need you yeah. to remove yourself. Mm -mm. So I are we sure me? Man, that's that's when me. That's when you I know. When, in, in all of these, in all of these situations, that's when you realize who is really in control yeah. of all of this. You, and I just said, and, and the thing is, you, you yeah, of course, there, like uh, there's there is obviously as much as I talk talk about how you have to separate it from being personal. You, there is a level of frustration. You 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 start hating. You start hating people that you kind of worked with, and you start thinking, <laughs> I want to I want to do something else. Or you go you go through all of that, and it's all natural. It's all normal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and then what happened was I was actually thinking about taking a package, um, and then I think someone, well, not I think, was well, someone in, in close to my network, pretty much handed me a lifeline uh, on deadline day. It was either to take the letter, um, but I done the same thing as you all. I looked at the number, and I remember, you know, what's crazy? Yeah, I remember um, <laughs> the, the calculation. Yeah, the, so the calculation, I I I did it, and I didn't divide it by a hundred. So what happened was uh, I ran the calculation <laughs> and it was actually, wait, 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 it was actually- 100 is uh, a big number, you know? Uh, 100 is a big number. Wait, wait, no, no, wait, 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 no, wait, wait. I, I did the calculation because it's not always clear. Like, like HR hmm. will give you some documentation and you kind of have to go figure out yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I ran, I ran the number and it was, it was 2.2 million. And I thought, what? 
No. <laughs> we are gone. Yeah. You know? And then, you know those, and then uh, I remember, you know and then I remember, and and like, I remember like saying, you know what? I've got a message for everyone in this office. I don't need any of you. That's the news. So I remember, I, and I said to myself, hang on. I knew it wasn't right, but I was thinking to myself, maybe, yeah? <laughs> maybe, just maybe, this might be. Because the thing is, we know that for those that have been in the company for sort of 20, 25 years, they get a nice big package. So I thought, uh, I've been here for seven years. It doesn't have to be as big as theirs, but it might be nice. Yeah. yeah. So then, so then, and then someone said to me, No, Pete, you got divided by 100. So then it was 23K. And I thought to myself, Listen, no one's <laughs> going to be living off 23K. So that's you know, it. I used, so, I used to have a time where I was like, At least they're going to pay me close to a year's salary. It's nah. nowhere near a year's salary. You're like, <laughs> Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I said, Nah. I said, I can't even, I can't even buy a house with this, bro. I said, I don't, I don't know what I could. So, um, but no, so, so like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take that job, I'll take that off. <laughs> you go on the table. So, that so I was, um, yeah, I mean, I passed on to Sean, and then we can sort of go around again with more learnings. But I think, yeah, I think, um, it's perfectly natural to be frustrated, to be apprehensive, to also be a little bit scared. Um, mm. but Oli, you mentioned a really good point, which was a lot of the times we've seen people do very well from restructuring situations, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really you have to step out of thinking it's a personal attack. And, and look at it as if to say, if this was my business, I would have done the same thing. And yeah. now I have to look at the next best opportunity. Mm-mm. And I think we'll go to Shua and I, I think we can talk about how do you prepare for restructuring so that you can make it a good thing versus, oh, my days, this is negative and I'm not ready for this restructuring. But Shua, think- go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, in, in, in my case, and I think I'm pretty much echoing what a lot of you guys have said and probably similar to uh, P's experience where he was kind of given a heads up before. So I had been in Japan and I was basically looking for a new opportunity and I moved there for a two-year contract assignment. So up until after about 18 months, I was really exploring, okay, where should I go next? So then I got the opportunity to move into a project-based role back here in Switzerland. But then before I moved into that role, I was basically it was made very clear to me that, okay, sure, there's a particular need for you in this business unit. Now, I know this isn't your ideal place that you want it to be, but it's quite an exciting project that I think you could do well. And then I basically need you to support me for 12 to 18 months. And then near the back end of the 12 to 18 months, I will help support you to move into a new role. So I thought, okay, this is I'm moving into a unit, which I know already beforehand that there's significant restructurings going on all the time. They're reducing everything. They're automating a lot of tasks off shoring a lot of activities as well so i came into the role um and it's been a great learning for me personally to be in this particular business unit but then you get into this business unit and the you see the restructuring you see the impact it's having on lots of other people so the number of people on the floor there's suddenly less people around the number of requests and work and work going on there's less work going on so it's all it was all kind of a, a matter of time and then after about a year, that's when I was like, okay, well, I've done the, the main uh, portion of my project. Now it's, okay, let's explore the next opportunity. Now, I knew that by a particular time point, if I was still here and I hadn't secured an opportunity, then I would be given a letter where, where I would be told basically what the package was, what the financial implications are. So then once I... I mean, before entering that time zone, I was like, okay, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. I think I mentioned a few podcast episodes ago how I'm looking to branch outside of the finance function that I've been working in. So this kind of knowing I had this deadline pushed me to accelerate those discussions even more aggressively and having these 
discussions to move even faster. But then in the end, because nothing attractive that I thought was secured before that timeline, I had that conversation with HR and my line manager where they were saying, look, um, now that we've gone into that time period, this is what your contract says. And then this is what you would be obliged to be getting paid out. Um, now, we, of course, want you to stay. We see you as a talent, blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, the role that I was in had become part of the process. So in my case, I think similar to what P was saying, so you communicated it early, you know it's coming. Now, for me, of course, when you're actually sat there having that discussion, it's a bit surreal, even if you've been told 18 months before that it's going to come. Um, but then you sat there and I was just super calm in the conversation. I was just assessing everything. And actually, I just wanted to calculate, okay, what would be the situation if I was to leave? And then once you get into this zone, again, what P was saying, you have to just remind yourself that this is nothing to do with your personal ability, nothing to do with your personal skill. You can have an amazing performance track record, but if you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time, I actually think you're you're in the right place at the right time because it makes you reframe, okay, what do I really want to do? Do I really want to be in this corporate space or do I really want to work in this particular team or do I really want to work in this area? So for me, it's actually a very enlightening moment that helps you push on in the direction that you feel comfortable from. Um, and now I was, for the first time ever, I was actually considering, okay, if I was to leave, what would that look like? Or if I was to take a year break, what would that look like? And you start thinking even more and having this reflection that probably in any other case you wouldn't think about. So in the end, I've got a conclusion, hopefully, with negotiating the contract, but I've got a conclusion that's probably one of the best case scenarios that I could have thought of even before going into the situation um but it's just another experience it's another experience to think of for the future as well so i'm glad that i'm going through it now because i've seen other people that have seen that have been impacted maybe 10 20 years older than us where you've got maybe kids you've got a big mortgage to pay you've got all these other things and then in our situation we're young enough to learn from it bounce back and become stronger so i sure I think that's, it's good why do we go into like what is the prevention so because I, I look at this in two ways. There's ways and things you can do. Obviously, nothing's guaranteed to make sure that you're never involved in a restructuring. Like Daniel mentioned, certain skills that you develop, making sure that yourself is attractive, um, making sure that your skills are up to date and you're attractive for the market. And then the second element of if you are going through a restructuring, how did that feel? And what advice can we give to the listeners? So why don't we start with, what are some ways you can prevent yourself from ever going through a restructuring? The way that I would even frame the question, Olu, is I would even think of, rather than thinking of how can I prevent myself forever going for, for, for it ever to happen to me, I would rather frame it as, um, why doesn't everyone just assume that it will happen once in their life? Now, if it was to happen, what can I do to make sure that I'll be in the best position possible to yeah. bounce back from it. Because I think it's going to happen Agreed. to every, if you're, if you're always in the corporate space, unless whatever people say, I think it will always happen some some way or another, at least once in everyone's career. So to, th to try and go into it thinking, okay, it's never going to happen to me. I think you're kind of setting yourself up for, for failure rather than thinking, okay, if it was to happen, how can I bounce back the quickest? Yeah, I, to I totally agree. I think it's not a case of preventing uh, because there's actually, again, if if any four of us are in a position where we're eventually running our own corporation, where we will have to run the same cycles. Um, so yeah. 
I, but I think I think exactly to Daniel's point, this this discussion is exactly why we do what we do on the side of our, yeah, of our yeah, job. Yeah. Because yeah. It really what it comes down to is how can you sort of make yourself slightly more immune to the, to the situation, right? Yeah. So all of the the, the heavy, heavy heavy reading, uh, the investing in yourself, the investing investing in assets, uh, trying to build skill sets, trying to build small businesses, um, trying to start activities, um, all of these things open up more doors for opportunities uh, because what happens is, and another thing also to keep in mind is for a lot of people, their nine to five corporate role is actually a lot to do with their identity. And yeah. so once that is then, um, once that is then shaken, they also feel like part of the identity is also hindered or also uh, scratched. But if you've, mm. if you've sort of immersed yourself in other activities, for example, like property um, or like, or some, or you've started a small business that is a family business, then if something's happening that you necessarily can't quite control at work, at least in your mind, you know, you have um, something to sort of continue working on and pushing. Yeah. So I think, um, and it doesn't have to be anything big. I think it's just more of, I think it's just more of people should, to Daniel's point, look to, to sort of get themselves involved in different activities, build different mm. skill sets, because it's without a shadow of a doubt, you will face the restructuring destiny. It's coming. Mm. And yeah, with it's on the way. That is, there's so much free resources in which your company gives you for education and training. If I take from my the company I work for, they sponsor you for certain qualifications, such as like ACCA, SEMA, where you can, when you're negotiating your contracts, you can say, "Hey, I want to ensure that I'm getting a level of learning outside qualifications." So many people have that options, but never take it. We never attend mm. these training sessions. You can have communication classes and lessons and courses so it's how do you continuously look at different ways to gain um, skills that one will make you a better employee for the company but will also make you attractive for other companies mm -hmm. and then one that i have for you guys is when was the last time you updated your cv or look just like check to see okay let me just <laughs> you okay there daniel oh, I, I should, I should Sorry, be like fighting like a stung by the bee and just drop and we're like oh my god <laughs> the last time i saw daniel we've like that only, on a only, plane only, and only, only so extreme man just stung by the bee and dropped come on man. <laughs> no, never know like daddy you okay <laughs> no i think i think um i think uh so to ollie's point i I think I, I touched my LinkedIn profile mm. uh, not too long ago, um, but I think I think it depends. It's different. It's different for every single person. But I think at some point, at least I speak for myself. You get into. I mean, our focus one hundred percent is property. So that's where, if you ask me, uh, have I updated my CV there or spoken to a mm. sort of an investor? That was that was recently. Um, so I think I think again. I just I can't stress enough how. Everything we do is because of what we're discussing now. We knew uh, a few years ago that uh, for as long as you're working in a corporate position, and it's not irrespective of the pay, irrespective of the package, irrespective of the people that are great to work with, you're not in control, yeah. right? And so, and so, I'd rather focus my CV and my and my skills in an area where I have more control. Mm -hmm. And then the one that I think, from all the stories that I've heard from um, each and every one of us, is the importance of networking and keeping your connections like yeah. professional and personal relationships are so vital if if i look at the role that i got right now it was it's based my, on mm -hmm, someone mm -hmm. that i previously worked with and me mm -hmm. picking up the phone 
and calling them and say, hey, just FYI, I'm looking for a role. If you know about anything in the organization, let me know. For the listeners, leverage. Don't be afraid to leverage your network. You've worked for people. They've seen what you can do. Pick up the phone. You might even have friends who they know in their company, they're looking for someone in marketing, someone in finance, someone in photography, whatever your industry is, and they can put you in contact with someone. But obviously, obviously, <laughs> if, uh, make sure you're, you're good. And also, if someone's recommending you, obviously show up and give 110% because that's the worst thing you could do, recommend someone and they just don't take it seriously. Yeah, no, I'll echo your point. So so I wouldn't be working for Novartis today, and I say it boldly, if, the, if uh, who actually gave me a position now I, I knew through networking and we have a good relationship. If it was any other person in that role, he that person would not have created a role for me to insert into. Yeah. Because at a time of restructuring, it's not about creating roles. So mm-hmm. he did something which was a little bit, um, not under the table, but he would only do it for those that he really uh, knows very well. And so, he knows very well. And also you've shown him results. It's not like you're just anybody and he's just doing you a favor because, hey, you're a nice guy. You've worked hard for him and he's seen that, okay, you're a good guy and a nice guy. I hope yeah. Yeah, no, nah, he reminded me on Friday that I need to put in the work. So now nah, <laughs> nah, he reminded me. He kind of reminded me, yo, look, I know you, but now you've got to put shifts in. Like, mm-hmm. And anyway. why don't you, well, Daniel, why don't you talk about, like, the, for me, the most important aspect of it is make sure your savings is in order. And you've got, I think they say, is it three months or six months? enough of your expenses to if you do go through a restructuring you can still you survive that, you need more than that these days with <laughs> yeah. the job market no because um just to echo what p was saying and uh, the, the rest of you a restructure redundancy that sort of conversation is imminent it's it's going to happen at some point mm-hmm. it's just going to happen it's inevitable because if we look at the job market today i think 1.8 million or something are registered as unemployed in the uk well, but that aside when you look at, if you're in a Which banking is, is sector, the, it's the lowest right now, but still, it's, it's the highest. In, it's the highest in 17 years. Oh, I think they but said it might be. Yeah, especially but, um, when, it, thing, they, when you look at the in the banking industry, that's gonna be another. It's gonna be another crisis like 2000, 2008, with the Lehman Brothers collapse, because it's heading in a way that the bubble's about to burst. And I don't know if you've watched the film Big Short, Michael Burry, yep, who yep. basically bets yeah, on it yeah. on yeah one crazy intelligent guy but anyway he's also i think it was last week and the week before he was talking about how there's a pattern again how people are tracking etfs and small um cap companies and that the bubble's about to burst again in the next few years and the longer that it goes on the bigger the bubble the bigger the burst Mm -hmm. of the bubble so we can expect to see similar trends of what happened um what just over a decade ago and even in the banking sector, when you look at the top banks, I think it was Morgan Stanley three, four months ago, they announced they were cutting off hundreds of thousand jobs in the, um, globally. I think it was 20,000 jobs globally. And what they did in the States in particular, a lot of people that were working in Wall Street, they moved to Florida because they gave them a nice package. The office was like five minute walk from the house, a fat house, everything. And now these people are being faced with the prospect of being made redundant. So how do they now, you know, up and move the co- um, their family? They've been working at the company for over 20 years. So mm-hmm. these things are going to happen. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter what your job title is. It doesn't matter how long you've been there. It's going to happen. It happens to all people. And the thing is, as we get older, we have to be cognizant of there are younger people with 
better skills than us unless we develop ourselves along the way. Ooh, people people are coming people are coming out of university studying anything and everything but know how to code and know how to program. And that's very lucrative in a working environment. And these people, some of these people have taught themselves. And if we are not developing and we're relying on our our, our bad boy VBA pivot table if statements <laughs> comes from Excel. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. If you're relying on your pivot table, if statements, now nah, you're dead. You're already nested, dead. Nested, nested, nested statements, all of that. Forget that. You're finished. Because I can't even do VBA anymore, bro. <laughs> you got to know, like, what? one time, one time only. You need to know the Java, C, C. HTML, no. all of the all of the languages because I, yeah. it's no. and even SQL Macro, because macros, of... macros, dead. <laughs> VBA, C plus even like, dead. Even even <laughs> like SQL because a lot of things and a lot of roles are becoming about data visualization, understanding trends. So you need to have these HTML stuff. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Oh my god! But I, think, I said that because oh. I think it's for it's for another episode. But I think I think we can talk talk about the importance <laughs> of hard skills or soft skills. And I've oh and I've god. I've learned more towards soft skills. But it's yeah. true. Anyways, Daniel, continue, continue. <laughs> no, but that no, that, that's the end. That's the end of it. But you know, we have to be developing ourselves outside of work hours, during work hours, or whatever it is. If, if your company affords you that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But you have to take advantage of it. There's many free courses um, that are available if you want to do coding, like Code Academy, Coursera, um, General Assembly, all of these different places where you can have structured lessons and a lesson planned for you uh, for you to achieve this goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just quickly, just also to, to Olu's point around um, the importance of paying yourself first and, and, and investing. Your... Um, you know, those that have been investing on the side or, or, or have an appetite too, it also determines your ability to take risk when these situations happen. Oh, so when I when I went yeah. when I went through the, the recent restructuring, I, I, I had I spoke to I was speaking to Lauren and I says, no matter what happens, we have enough uh, tucked aside to be able to live our lifestyles for the next two years. Now what that done, it gave us a, 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 I was able to think more clearly and I wasn't mm-hmm. able to sort of rush a decision because I thought to myself. We're actually quite. Um, we, we are where we want to be. So I think, and it also it also shines a light on those that perhaps do the YOLO, paycheck to paycheck, because it. I mean, it's, like I said, you you can do the paycheck to paycheck. That's fine if that's what makes you happy. But just know that the re, the the the, the, um, P, the restructuring P, is coming. It's not fine. They can do it. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to judge. What I'm saying to you is that it's I'm judging. I'm judging. <laughs> I'm judging. But it's, no, it's just because because then because what it is it's also your level of emotion. People can go through restructuring and actually be quite cool about it because they've got things happening outside. So your ability to take risk is is how well you've saved and how well you've invested. Because then you won't even then you won't even feel it. But that's when you're saving. If you're living YOLO, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. No, Shua, why don't you end up with a um, a tip and then we'll go into the the book review as well. I think Daniel's um, mentioned the importance of keeping your skills up to date, relevant and learning, yeah. making sure you're attractive. Peace talked about the importance of making sure you're prepared and just ready for restructuring. So how do you and make... So, so, and I'll just add, make sure, I think someone mentioned it, keep your CV up to date because it's yeah. always mm-hmm. better to update your CV whilst you're in a role rather than mm-hmm. trying to think backwards or what you've done. Just keep exactly. it up to date all times. So make sure your, your CV is up to date. Even sometimes apply for jobs just to see 
Yeah. How, what are roles asking for? What particular, because sometimes you can apply for a role and you say, hey, you're going to need this specific skill. Yeah, it and could then also you can apply for it. And you can go and learn how to do it before the time where you actually... No, but it could, it, could, it could also backfire. Your manager could come to you and say, excuse me, I, I, I saw you apply for a role. No, external, external, <laughs> externally, externally, externally. Externally, not internally, obviously, externally. External. <laughs> Don't just be applying for internal roles and then your manager finds out. And then Shua, what about you? Um, probably just it's kind of uh, echoing what everyone else has said. Don't put your eggs in... Don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you're in a role, make sure you're... Investing in other areas, be it in your own self or in your own education, and yeah, just stay dangerous, man. Keep keep learning, keep stay growing. Dangerous, you know? Stay dangerous. <laughs> stay dangerous. <laughs> Invest in yourself, and you, you can tell someone's been watching Top Boy. Nah, <laughs> you got to. You got. You got. You got to stay dangerous. <laughs> Did someone say Top Boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you really, but you you really have to. You have to stay stay dangerous and stay lean and stay like. On your toes and continuously, continuously learn. Invest in other areas. I think what Pavila mentioned, because for me personally, because of the fact that I've now invested in other areas, it's actually now given me the flexibility of okay, even even if I was to take a new job with a slight pay cut in an area that I really want to learn about, now I can afford to do that because I've invested in other areas, which covers me for the fact that I may have to take a pay cut. So it opens up a completely different mind frame and stuff. So yeah, that's. The main one. I keep, stay so, dangerous. I keep on. I keep on doing ad libbing, but Shirel reminded me when he said dangerous. The word crisis in Japanese spells danger and opportunity. You choose which one. Mm. Mm. Good way mm. to end. There's a perfect, perfect way to end that section, and then flip over to the uh, book review, which I understand is Olu this week. So yes, I will keep this quick because also I, I know the time. Um, but the book that I'm going to be doing. Um, a book review is the richest the richest man in babylon by george Classen. so i chose this book also because i think it ties nicely with going through restructuring being prepared for restructuring and how you ensure that financially you're stable um mm. so the reason why it looks at um the book has got multiple parables and i'm not going to go into each and every parable but i'm going to touch upon certain things i learned from the book um ask you guys a few questions because i always like to keep my book review interactive um <laughs> and just share what i've learned so yeah. the first one which p says all the time yeah. is pay yourself first yeah so the book looks at are you actually how are you living your life are you living yeah. your life as a slave so do you earn a salary and spend all that money on food, accommodation, and clothes, etc. Yeah. Because really what, yeah, YOLO, because really what you're saying is, hey, you know what? Let me do this job and let my manager just feed me, clothe me, give me somewhere to live. You're basically being a slave. So the book tells you to practice mm. a method where before you have any bills or you pay anyone else, you should pay yourself. So one-tenth of the, your salary is what they say. You mm. should save and put aside. So I would ask you guys even how much or are you guys even saving and paying yourself first? Or do you look at your <laughs> paycheck and say, okay, there's my mortgage, there's the my food here, and I've got this little bit that I'm going to save. Because as we're talking about restructuring, it's so important to pay yourself. 
<laughs> I know, I know. Pete's paying himself. First. He's a like straight eighty percent every every month. My patient. Uh, since, <laughs> hey, <laughs> since two thousand. Since two thousand and ten, bro. And I continue. Yeah. Continue. Because it's so important. Because if you ever get in a restructuring situation, the money you saved or put aside is what's going to allow you to survive and not not hit not being a life or death situation. Um, and I even sat down and, and I recommend everyone to do this is last week I sat down and I did a percentage. I looked at my income and I said, where does it actually go? So I said, I, and I'm not going to put numbers because it's not, but I was, I'll give you guys the percentage. So I was like 25% of my salary goes to taxes in which I pay. You have to pay it. Um, 10%. That's, that's kind of low still. You know, speak to your yeah, tax you, man. You, you, then you've got um ten percent, which goes to my pension, goes away to pension savings. Then I've got another um twenty percent, which were like fixed, fixed bills that I couldn't. There's like mortgage, um phone. If you got car payments, all of that twenty percent of is that. Then I've got another, I think it was 10% or so, which I have to shares every month where I have like a fixed direct debit of my salary goes to just shares. Um, then I had another uh, 20% in which I was living on. So I was living on 20%. And then the rest was just saved, emerge, like save money, not invest in money. Like if I want to. So by my calculations, that's 15% left. Yeah. But remember, I've also got 10%, which goes into shares as well. So that's invest technically me paying myself as well, if you think about oh, that. Well. I'll make it up 15, but I wasn't, I, I lost track. But yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, why, 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 do you, why do you embed the mortgage? You're not paying for that. The tenant is. No, I still call it as fixed because it's part of the expenses that no matter what I've got to pay. And I've counted, because I've already counted the income as my income, I've got to take the expenses. Ah, in okay. Okay, okay fair enough. That, fair enough. Okay, yeah, I've got to okay. take that as well. Um, and then, like, the key thing I did was, um, yeah, so I recommend that everyone go through that process. Let me go to the next one. The next lesson that I learned is that wealth is not a matter of your income. Wealth is not a matter of your income. And the reason why this is so important is because so many people get paid crazy amount but have nothing to show for it. And they're not wealthy. You can end up getting 100K a year, 200K a year. If you're spending more than that a year, you're not wealthy. And I've got a great story about that where I remember graduating. When I graduated, I was talking to one of the execs in the company. Yeah, so the person was like, um, he was like, oh, wow, you're purchasing your second property. I was like, wait, I know how much you get paid. Like, what do you have to show for it? And he's like, yo, you know, I've got experiences. <laughs> like, I remember Miami, we rented our penthouse. <laughs> and, that, and I was like... Experiences? Wait, 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 is that what he said? Yeah, he was like, he's turned around. He was like, yeah, my my dad always tells me like I should make. I'm like, yo, how can you have nothing to show for three years? And I know how much this guy gets paid when he got into X. I'm like, you got nothing to show? Like, and that's what it says that like, I'm wealthier than him, even though he gets more than me as a salary. I'm wealthier than him because I'm not I'm not living above my means. My I'm making investments. I'm buying like I'm much more wealthy than because he's now created an expense, a lifestyle that is making him poor, having to rely mm. check after check. But um, so, so, so I want yeah. to talk, and I don't, I don't want to dwell on that too much, but I had a conversation with someone last week and he gave the analogy of say two people have a thousand pounds. Yeah. And by the end of say 10 year period, one person 
has made 350. So let's do yeah, I'm just using 10 years, but of course the numbers are not accurate. I'm just trying to be make it simplistic. But at the end of 10 years, the person's made 350. So their net is now 13, 1350. Yeah. The other person has spent the money, gone on holidays, got experiences, traveled, but they have spent 450. So they have 550 left. Yeah. So mm -hmm. at the end of the 10 years, someone who's got 550, the other person's got 1350. But in that 10 years, one person has just been working, 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 made that additional income on top of the thousand, whilst the other person has gained experiences and seen things and traveled. Mm. Which one would you rather be then? But because Daniel, I know that you have to write, you have to strike the right is, balance. That's been extreme, right? <laughs> so I've been to Miami multiple times. I'm just not in a penthouse. I know you have. I know you have. <laughs> no, so you're talking about extreme of, okay, don't, and I'm not telling everyone, just say, don't have any life experiences and everything like that. But I'm saying living beyond your means. And I think that's the issue that so many people want experiences, but they're living beyond their means. And at the end of the day, you got to take, you got to change your mindset for immediate gratification and, oh, I'm living life now to the max and the future. And right now, yeah. like we all know about compounding. We know how big compounding is. So I can't be just penthouse living. I could afford I to, think, but I'm I not. Think, yeah. I think to Daniel's point, I think, us four examples of being able to do it all. Um, and I think I think in many of our cases, we've perhaps, to, maybe we're talking about how you prioritize. So mm -hmm. for me, I will sacrifice the lifestyle if it means building wealth the right way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but we've, we're building the wealth uh, and we're also, because we know, we, the thing about it, to your point, Daniel, we know we could even go much harder in the lifestyle, but it would it would then cut into our ability to invest. Mm -hmm. So we're perhaps, we're, we're, we found a way to do, to, to manage both. We understand the importance of accumulating experiences and not just basically being behind closed doors and working your ass off because then you don't really have a story to tell. Um, I think but it's how you do it. And and it's it's not, it's about yeah, how you do it and, and the moderation. Like I, one person said, which something that you, which was really good is like, if he wants to buy something, instead of him just buying it, he buys an asset which generates cash flow for him to then pay for that thing. So let's say for example, my me purchasing my first house i could have just said oh i'm gonna live that lifestyle but i was able to say let me save this money to invest that's going to give me now cash flow now i can use that cash flow if i want to go and do a penthouse or whatever but i've already got an asset that's generating me cash flow on a period yeah, you, of time you, you, I, 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 speaking of, speaking of penthouse what are we saying i'm, I'm starting to say what what, what 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 miami penthouse when uh, us four us four let's do it Whenever you said date, you said I'm date. actually I'm actually gonna be in Miami for New Year's Eve. If any of you guys want to join I'm, me, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'll Skype you. Anyways, no, sorry. I go. Oli, continue, continue. And then I'll, I'll touch upon the last two. The last two quickly. Um, one is um, men of action are favored by the goddess of luck. So this one is just as you've got to be in the game to see any sort of results. I hate when people say, "Oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that," and it's like, "Yo." I wish I had this person's body. When was the last time you stepped in the gym? Like, <laughs> like you're never going to be, unless you show some action, you're never going to get any sort of result. Oh, I want to be a millionaire. Okay. How many businesses have you opened? The, like, if you've opened up a business, yes, you might fail, but I can guarantee you not opening a business is going to get you zero. That's one thing. It's like, it's just the same thing. Like my brother, he he won a he won a um he won a bike from a school raffle ticket um, competition, and he could have sat there and said, "Oh, I wish I got a bike. I wish." I... But he first had to take the action of 
buying a ticket raffle. And then the luck part plays off by him getting the bike. If you're not in the game, you're never like it's guaranteed yeah. you're not gonna get the bike. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is the power of passive income. So how do you make your money work for you? And is the I think a lot of us have understood <laughs> <laughs> these guys. <laughs> I guess I guess Pabilo and DJ know all about passive income. Yeah, make it rain. That's the only thing that matters. Only thing, exactly. only thing. So it's like it's this number, it's like step number two. One, saving, living be um, below your means so that you have cash. And then the second part is how do you invest that in passive income? So you make money when you sleep, like rental is an easy one or not easy one, but one that you can class up. Maybe an online business, shares where you're getting dividends. How are you making sure that your money is making money for you? Don't just leave it under the bed. Don't just leave it in the bank. How do you make sure that it's generating some sort of income for you? Because that's how you stay wealthy and that's how you ensure that if you're ever in a restructuring position, that you're actually prepared. So that's how this ties in to sort of our beginning episode. You guys see how I did that? So for you guys book review, I want I want I want a little bit of you know connection between the two. <laughs> no, but that's it. Um really good book. <laughs> really good book, lots of different parables. Really enjoyed it. Dope. So do you mind saying the name of the author and name of the book again once more? Luke? Yeah, The Richest Man in Babylon by George Classen. Dope. So Daniel, the honors for closing out the episode. Well, you've locked into episode 35 of Take Flight Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening to episode 35 of Take Flight Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. You can email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. But regardless, we'll see you next week. Oh, PS, 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 PS. We've just started a YouTube channel as well. Oh, so, yes. As well as all the other platforms that you use to listen to us, like Spotify, Apple, please like. Please subscribe and please follow us and especially the and YouTube share. channel which we just started. And the share. Link. And share. Because we know there's many the of link. you listeners. Thousands upon thousands. That, we just that you want to see what we look like. And don't forget to click the like button as well. Oh wait, whichever way it is. And Pete, <laughs> PP, this is the moneymaker. This is what's going to bring the followers in. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> they ain't got to tell me twice, baby. <laughs> please, stay blessed. Take flight. Mm. Take off, take flight with you